Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast, episode, episode 476. Charlie here with you. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom. Not the last, but soon to be last, that I will not be a Brookfield resident um, in Milwaukee. Uh, closing out a house tomorrow, uh, today actually. Uh, so when you're listening to this, your boy will be a homeowner, uh, which is a scary proposition, but here you go. Uh, Mitch on the other side, battling through uh, some allergies. Uh, it's that time of year, folks, um, but he's a soldier and he's, he's going to work it, work it out. So besides that, how you, how you live it? I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, obviously not as, not as good as you. Everything's coming up. Uh, Chuck. Listen, listen, week, listen, so. I, I am. While I'm happy that it happened. Uh, the bank account's pretty drained. Let me just say that. Yeah. So it's, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like those, uh, those random Saturday nights, uh, you got to tighten up. Why don't you guys just come over and drink my beer kind of thing. Um, but we sold you on, you know what I mean? Well, then we'll get it back. Yeah, and it's probably only going to get worse, too. So. Oh, I know. I know. That's the <laughs> fuck up thing about it. Uh, but, yeah, so we're uh, living well. We're going to talk a lot about Packer-Bear rivalry, uh, how the new stadium could actually affect the rivalry. Um, we're going to do the importance rankings. We've done this before. Kind of will be a weekly thing for Mitch and I. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Giannis. Uh, he got eliminated from the Euro basket, um, but also did Jokic and Lucas surprisingly. Uh, so we'll talk if they've got any takeaways, anything that makes you excited or at least less excited about the Bucks season. We haven't talked Bucks in a long time either. And then lastly, we'll touch on the Brewers briefly. Um, obviously playing the Cardinals tonight as we tape. Uh, we both have it on, but so that's really where it's like, you can't really talk too much about it because it really does impact. So they, they win tonight one and a half back. Um, and, and they're six back to the Cardinals where they're kind of in striking distance, but they lose tonight. Like, yeah, you're back to eight and you stay on pace with Padres. So it's a big one, uh, to say the least, but let's get into it. Uh, so we have the Packer bear rivalry yet again on primetime. Mitch, what do you think this is? Like the fifth straight year that Packers and bears are on primetime. So, yeah, it seems like they've had a lot of, a lot of Sunday night games, uh, last yep. year they had one at Lambeau later mm-hmm. in the year, right? Like December. Yeah, it was and December. Then, which I think that's when it kind of should be played. If you're going to put that on on prime time, should be a you know late November December game. Uh, whether it's Green Bay or Chicago, that's when it should be on prime time. But we get a September game, so it won't be the frozen tundra. No. But, uh, yeah, they, they 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 continue to force that, don't they? Well, I mean, the reason they force it is because it's two of the bigger mar- markets per se. I use that in quotation marks. It's because the Packers are such a public team that putting the Packers on Sunday Night Football just is a no-brainer for them. And putting that rivalry, you can drum it up, even though it hasn't really been a rivalry. I'll be curious to see, though, if at some point they're like, how how much longer can we kind of fuck this chicken in a weird way? <laughs> like, it's like we've done this for so long and the Bears haven't been relevant. Like, if, I, I could kind of see it if the Bears were kind of like the Vikings, where it's like maybe they're not making the playoffs every year, but they're making it, I don't know, three out of three out of every five or two out of every five, where it kind of makes a little more sense. But, you know, that's, that's just how they kind of roll. And, I mean, the Packers have so few, uh, you know, noon games as is that, you know, they would have probably found their way on primetime in some fashion with this one, whether it be Monday night, 
whether it be the Thursday night. I actually kind of surprised it's not a Thursday night game. Feels kind of like one that Amazon would want to bring to the front as like a rivalry game, as a opportunity to get new subscribers in. Uh, But we'll be very curious to see how that production does as an aside um, tonight with the Chiefs and Chargers. By the way, uh, I don't know if you know this. This is just – I learned this from like kind of a crazy hippie work lady I worked with who we were watching the rain and she was like, you know, like the weather kind of goes every week. You're going to kind of get the same weather. And that's just sort of how it, how it is for a little bit. And they'll just be in the same patterns. And that's just going to be what, what happens. It's supposed to rain all day, Sunday, just like last, like last week, but with thunderstorms. So it could be a another sloppy game for the Bears, and maybe the Bears' best friend is the rain. We'll see what happens. But well, go ahead. I mean, if it's it certainly, and we'll see about Trey Lance, but it certainly, I think, helped the Bears last oh, week. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, there's just, no. They seemed a lot more ready for it. Yeah, there was that was Bears weather, and it's kind of interesting that we're talking about weather because the new stadium that the Bears are proposing in 2026 in Arlington Heights will not have uh, open air. There will be no rain games. They will be under a dome, just like the Brewers were against the Reds on Sunday, where a solid crowd would not have been able to watch a very exciting Brewer game and get a Giannis bobblehead because that game would have got rained out. Um, And the Bears will no longer have rain games. And there's a lot of consternation about this from Bears fans, from football fans. I think there are a lot of Packer fans who feel like, you know, we, we should be playing in the outdoor. We should be playing in the elements. And the fact that you're taking, you've already taken away with Minnesota. It's been long gone in Detroit. And now you're telling me all three rivals, when we go there, it will be underneath a dome, but it makes too much sense. You just can't not have a dome on that. Like I, I feel that way, but like, I, I think like people who don't see the possibilities with the dome are pure pinheads, like not just Packer pinheads, just overall pinheads. Like to me, that's just idiotic. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, every every stadium in the NFL going forward is going to have a dome, yes. I feel. No, I think uh, you're right. Look at, I mean, look at SoFi. I mean, it's in <laughs> it rains three days a year in L.A., and they put a glass ceiling on it. Like, I think you could, like, U.S. Bank is a be- beautiful, beautiful stadium, and it's it's in, you know, the, the, mo- the northernmost city in America, like – major city in America. So you can, you can do it, I think, uh, and do it right. Kind of like they did in Minnesota. Like I, I, I'm excited to see what, you know, they come up with in Chicago or Arlington Heights, because it's going to be this, the NFL wants a Super Bowl there for yes. sure. Yeah. And a final four will probably come there. Right. You know, it's, it's just economically, it's always going to be that way. Right. I mean, the days of the, of the, you know, ugly outdoor stadium, those are gone. It's going to all be state of the art. I mean, totally. it's, and, 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 and you, you might even see one in green Bay in a hundred years. <laughs> I don't know. If I, like, I don't know if green Bay will ever get a new stadium. Like I just, I think they'll keep renovating Lambo and Lambo will stay. It's kind of like, I think green Bay and Buffalo are like the two that I could not see have a, have a roof on it just because of the size of the city is not big enough to invite a Super Bowl. It's not big enough to invite a final four True. and have those major events. Like I also was thinking as you were talking about that, 
Like if I were if I were Arlington Heights and I were the planners of this, like make something big enough so that you could do Lollapalooza there. Like why the fuck does it need to be in Grand Park or Riot Fest? So I think it's in Grand Park this weekend, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, like why not? Like I understand the allure of Chicago, but I mean the amount of money that's going to go into that city if this all works out is going to be outrageous. And I guess how this is going to affect the rivalry is the bears are going to need to have a good team when that happens. Like that's to me, like that's such an important part of new stadiums. Like I think it's part of the reason why Pfizer kind of took off the way it did is because the bucks were good and people wanted to go to games and it was the thing to do. And the bears are going to need to kind of drive to that. And I really think that's going to affect everything. And that's probably also why there's maybe a little more pressure on Justin Fields. Yeah, and I was thinking too about like Soldier Field. I mean, you know, you're talking about Super Bowls, and it's a huge market and an old brand for the NFL, a historic brand. And Soldier Field is such a shithole. Yeah, that, like I feel like it's it. They've the Bears, you know, have been so bad to the last few years that are just so irrelevant or mediocre to bad that like they become a laughing stock. And yeah, no uh, doubt, I, I don't think the NFL like they just just made wrong decision after wrong decision. And I think this is the right one. Yeah, no, I, I, I do too. And you also have like Ted Phillips now leaving the bears finally after like 25 years. And, you know, if you talk to bears fans, like he's not a name that I think a casual fan would know, but he's been the CEO of the bears forever. He's kind of sucked on McCaskey's tit. Sure. Like he's, he like getting him out is like a huge step forward for them. And it's like, well, start, it's them. Go ahead. That's like some of the, some of the Bucks brass inner circle of Herb Cole that yeah. like the, the casual fans wouldn't know. And I've forgotten most of their names, all their names by now. Yeah. But like there were, there was like a little cabal of guys that had been with Herb Cole since like day one. And they, <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. The, the average person walking down the street doesn't know who they are, but it, it's like they're, the, the real they're leaving. Know. Right. The real ones know and then them, them leave, you know that when they left or when they leave, it's it's a big day. Right. And so I yeah, and I, and I also think in a weird way, like the Packers kind of have to be prepared for that, too. And I know Rogers, it's, you know, like maybe three more years, maybe not. And, you know, they should expect that the Bears are going to want to be a top tier team in the league so that they can sell this to their fans. Not that I, I don't know if they need to sell it. But there might be some, like the hard-headed Polacks who are like, oh, why are you leaving Chicago? Like, we're Chicago City. We're not the Arlington Heights Bears. We're the Chicago Bears. And maybe, but if you have a good team, like winning solves everything. Like, no one's going to give a fuck about that. No one's going to care. Bears can play in Alaska, right? Like, if they're good, people are going to come watch them. The Alaska Bears has a good ring to it. I actually, it does. Yeah, I actually, I kind of thought about that as I was like talking about. It. I was like, <laughs> you know what? That that's not a bad name. Um, and uh, yeah, so I I really do think that like this could be something going forward where it's like you have to consider this as it goes on, and maybe maybe it won't go out this way. Maybe I'm too pie in the sky and looking ahead too much, and it just the Bears are the Bears. But at some point they're going to turn this thing around. I'll tell you what, I haven't said this on a podcast. I have a, I have like a nightmare that I haven't really talked about, but I'll bring it to you, your attention. 
I have like this weird suspicion, and I don't know, I have like no intel on this at all. But like, couldn't you see like the Bears saying, fuck it, let's sign Lamar Jackson? And if Lamar ends up in free agency, he probably won't. Uh, Rosillo, uh, yesterday on his podcast, that Ryan Rosillo, that is, did a very good job at like breaking down like how they can use the franchise tag for it. But like, if you're the Bears and you could get like Lamar Jackson, like, wouldn't you do it? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I would. I, I think I would, they would need to give, yeah, I guess we'd have to see how this year goes with Fields. I mean, oh, uh, yeah, totally. You know, and I guess we'd we'd be afforded that, but I I really don't see the Ravens letting him walk. No, I I don't think so. I I keep like I keep wondering if like this is gonna be develop friction. I mean, even when the whole shit happened with Flacco, like what happened? Flacco won the Super Bowl and then got a huge contract because of it. And yeah. I'll be curious, like if Aaron Judge breaks the mold. I realize it's a different sport, but like Aaron Judge still isn't paid. Aaron Judge is gonna admit a massive fucking contract all the while we all are forgetting because it's been an incredible year and you can debate if he's MVP or not like the guy's injury prone like that's why they didn't want to pay him like I can I can understand the Yankees not wanting to give a guy who's 30 a 10 10 year 300 million dollar deal but it's extremely hard to sell that to your fan base when you're supposed to be the Yankees and I think for the Ravens like even though it's not at that level like You've been a model of fucking success. Like you're up there with like the Packers, the Chiefs, the Patriots. Like you're right there. And like to not do it is probably not going to happen. But it's something, something that keeps me up at night that the Bears would make some significant move that would just alter everything. Well, yeah. I mean, the Packers struggle with running quarterbacks uh, yeah. quite a bit. Right. And throughout recent memory. And it'll, and it'll be a good test this week, and we can kind of get into the port, importance rankings. Uh, but, yeah, Quay Walker, you know, that's what he's there for, right? Quay Walker is that sideline-to-sideline side sideline linebacker. He was full go of practice yesterday. So there's no reason to think that Quay Walker won't be playing, and that's kind of his role. And so I'll be interested to see how he does. Uh, but before we get into more player stuff, more specific stuff, Packers, Bears – uh, what it, the importance rankings, if you're just new to the podcast, uh, you didn't listen to us during football season. I've ran this uh, segment back a couple times in daily taps as well as having the keg. Basically, we're just talking about the things that are the most important to this game. Like the things that are going to matter the most, not necessarily storylines, but just like players that I have my eye on. And I think we try not to be obvious. Some are going to be right. Um, and the ones I'll mention, you know, at the top are going to be, but we'll do three. Um, I was actually going to give Mitch one and three, but because he's under the leather, I'm going to take the the one and three and just give him the two. Um, and we'll start out from my end. I I really think it's just Aaron Rodgers' relationship with the new wide receivers. Um, it didn't have to be this way, uh, but it's fucking this way, man. And it's one week, and there's a lot of stuff. And I I, I said yesterday, I felt like the film boys kind of were trying to make it a thing. But then Rodgers was in the in the media yesterday being like, well, I'm going to keep playing my way and they're going to have to figure it out. And I just like I appreciate his candor. But like, dude, like you can kind of be softer about it, can't you? Like, yeah, he's, I, I, he's, you he's, know? Just, he's just fan of the flames. He's just, no, he's just yeah. it worse. Right. Exactly. Like this doesn't help anything. Like you're not helping. Like you could easily just say something a little more 
like turnkey and just be like, yeah, it's going to be a process and I'm not really going to alter how I'm playing, but I assume that these guys are going to figure it out because they're good players. Like what's wrong with that? Yeah. Right. And then exactly. And, and then flames Amari Rogers too in the process. I don't know if you caught that, but yeah. they asked like his role and he's like, nah, he's just a returner. I'm like, ah, damn man. <laughs> like, <laughs> He just doesn't give a fuck. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. He just doesn't care. And I, I appreciate that in certain scenarios. This is not one that I I, I appreciate. I, I would have rather him just been a little more open and honest with, uh, or a little less open and honest, pardon me, uh, with the with the Packer media contingent. Yeah, because they're watching it all like a hawk. Yeah, I, I agree that that's... That's going to be number one until further notice, probably just because it's it clearly it it wasn't working in week one. And, you know, last year they, they fell apart uh, or got their ass kicked, I guess I should say, in the first first game, but kind of immediately bounced back. I don't know if that's going to be the case this year, just because, you know, again, these guys are very inexperienced, except for Randall Cobb um, and Tony has got a few years under his belt. But uh, for me, I think it's. uh the offensive line and uh if i may charlie yeah go ahead um the offensive line is i thought was uh shaky in in the uh, in week one against minnesota now zadarius looked pretty good much to the chagrin of, of charlie and daniel hunter and those guys yeah, yeah. all kind of you know had their way at times in, in that game against minnesota and i you know Jake Hansen fully participated in practice today. John Rundian's still out. I mean, I don't know. It looks like it sounds like Zach Tom could possibly start or yeah, he's I mean, probably feel- he's he's probably just to interrupt. I'll let you continue. He he's gonna probably be the left guard. I mean, Rundian's still out with a concussion. Um, I mean, there's still days to come back from it, but I don't know if there's any reason to rush a concussion back yeah. in week two. I do feel like the line play got a little better when he came in. Mm-hmm. I feel like Rogers had a little bit more time. So I don't know, again, with the injuries and stuff and kind of a plug and play situation right now, it's going to take again, a couple of more games and, you know, maybe a half a season to, to figure all that out. Uh, but I think that goes kind of hand in hand with Packer Rogers and the receivers, the Packers offense. I mean, if, if you get a little bit more time uh, and don't get, you know, so, uh, you know, such happy feet from Rodgers and having to run around and, you know, improvise. That's not necessarily the greatest when you're trying to <clears throat> build a rapport with your young receivers. I mean, yes. you know, you're going to oh, need totally. some, some, I mean, look at, look at Geno Smith against, right. uh, the, against the Broncos. I mean, I feel like he had all fucking day, most of the game. And he, now granted they didn't score in the second half. People forget, but, um, <laughs> It's a good reminder. Good reminder for those wanting to bet Seahawks plus nine uh, this week against San Francisco. Well, I think it's a, it was a it was a fucking parade for Geno Smith after the game, but it's like, <laughs> I mean, congrats, you know. I mean, but you know, he also did deliver probably the quote of the month with uh, uh, it, what do you say to the people who wrote you off? I didn't write him back. Like, I mean, that's an all time okay. quote. Like, you can't you can't get rid. Like, that's just one of those things you have to ride along with that quote. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that, that was good. I'll give that to him, but yeah, obviously when, when he was able to stand back there with a clean pocket, you know, Smith didn't look too bad. Nah. Um, so yeah, offensive I, know, I, line, I think has to be better. 
Yeah, I, I get your point 100%. I, I agree that this new look line has to figure it out. I personally would rather have Josh Nyman out there at right tackle and scoot uh, Royce Newman back to right guard. I thought Jake Hansen was a disaster. Um, and I don't really want to see another Jake Hansen start. Nice story, but I'm not here for nice stories. I'm here for wins. And it, like, that's in Zach. Zach Tom definitely, you know, I think will add an element. And I hope that Zach Tom's able to sort of show out and play well. And so he does enough that Jake Hansen, again, is no longer, if we're going to roll Jake Hansen another week, that's fine. But like, this has been an issue for the Packers where they seem to value seniority for some goddamn reason. And I don't really understand it. Like, I, I don't get why it's just, oh, it goes to the most senior player. Like that's, that's such like a boomer thing. Like that's like us on unveiling that Rondane had maybe one of the best freshman seasons ever. And he didn't even get a top 10 Heisman vote. Like that's nineties bullshit. Right. So I, I agree. I a hundred percent agree. I am not, if, especially if the weather is going to be bad on sun, on Sunday and weather, weather patterns can change. Right. But if the weather patterns are going to be bad, like we're not going to see Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. Like you can just stop that right now. Like if there's bad weather and, and like, I have no problem with it. Like, and then it goes into Tampa and Tampa will be humid as shit, but also we'll have a pass rush. That's maybe one of the best in football. So it's kind of pick your poison there. Do you want your best guys out there? I'd probably argue you do, but I think that'll be another topic for us next week. Yeah. Yeah. Offensive line got to be better for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I agree. And I think number three for me is taking advantage of Justin Fields' mistakes. I think going to the defensive side of the football, you know Justin Fields is still raw. You know there are still mistakes there. Uh, I think Jake Morley had the stat that it took Fields 3.64 seconds to get the ball out, um, and that was, like, that beat out everybody else. Like, that was a minute behind, like, the worst worst quarterback, like – Justin Fields, it, to your point about the weather, like, yeah, he he was definitely aided by that. And the Niners are going to look back at that game and they're going to be like, how the fuck did we lose that game? And I think that you're still getting Fields at the right time before he's settled in with Luke Getze. I do think Luke Getze will do a good job. And I, I think that the Bears might look a little bit better when the Packers play them in December. But I, I don't necessarily, I think you got to make sure that when the ball is thrown in your vicinity that you're making a play on it, or if there's a fumble, you're jumping on that and you're taking full advantage of the Justin Fields experience and not letting those mistakes go by. Yeah. I mean, yes, you have to, I'm not worried about the defense really. I just, I think that, uh, you know, last week it was a bit of a, you know, the Vikings have a good offense. I mean, they have a yeah. ton of weapons. It's kind of the the anti-Packers, if you will, where <laughs> the quarterback is probably the fourth best player on their offense. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, that's um, right. And and he does it does a lot to um keep them in games, but you know he's not. He also does a lot to take them out of games. And he didn't except on, against on except Sunday. against the Packers. Like he's Correct. had such good numbers against Packers. Like he. He does really well, and he did. And I, I don't. I don't know if it's just the Rogers thing, like a unvaxxed brother thing with him and Rogers, but like he just does very well uh, against the Packers. Sorry, well, continue. and I and I tweeted in the. I think in the going into the fourth quarter, like when is the Kirk Cousins INT coming? Thinking for sure it would, but it never did. So no, 
Um, but yeah, so, you know, as long as you have, I don't know, the right guy on, you know, who, who the hell is the Bears' number one receiver? Mooney? Mooney, know, yeah. Mooney? But he's, I think Mooney is a two, maybe a three on most right. on most rosters. Right. And he, he's had a couple nice seasons, but, I mean, <laughs> there's there ain't no Justin Jefferson walking through that door. No, and, no. I mean, I, I do think that the defense will rebound, and I could see a couple of takeaways for sure. Yeah. I, I Especially I think... if the weather's going to be bad. Right. And I think that pass rush will get cooking. I think they're going to also be looking for opportunities to kind of take that ball away. And the offensive line really struggled. Um, it's cute. They're making Lucas Patrick a honorary captain, very bears. Like we also have a guarantee from one of their defensive linemen. Although like it's one of those where I've been tempted to throw it on like the TikTok and Instagram because like, his coach basically was like, yeah, you guys are going to win. Like, and uh, Clayton friend of the program, I uh, was like, well, what is like the coach like supposed to say? Like, of course he's going to say that, but like, also I wouldn't tell this to the media. Here is what, uh, what is his name? Tervis Gibson said he's their defensive end, a pretty talented one. We're going to win. I, you got my word. Our coach told us that this morning we're better than they are, which he said against the Packers. Like, I appreciate the coach giving like the, their guys confidence. Like you're supposed to say that shit. If you if anyone's been in a locker room, that's exactly what you say. But I don't know if I'm going to tell the media that. Yeah, that's bulletin board material. Yeah, um, like you lost fucking 21 of your last 24 against these guys. Like this isn't right. This isn't fucking like the Lions. Uh, you know, it's it's the Green Bay Packers who right. you really struggled against. This ain't Detroit. It's the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, and I got to think the Packers already were going to be pissed off um, with, with the way week one went. And um, I got to, you know, I would love to see a deep shot to Carson Watson right away again, just to see if the kid can redeem himself. Um, That'd be super cool. And Um, obviously that, that, that whole thing is going to get blown out of proportion, but Rogers, Rogers did look his way a couple more times and, you know, it was the kid's first fucking game. I mean, Oh yeah, totally. You know, I don't know. Give him, give him a couple of weeks. Another thing, I don't want to get too fired up here. Yeah. But but... <laughs> can we get, can we get Aaron Jones more than eight fucking touches? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like uh, what, that was... what are we doing? Oh, I, I know. And I had done, uh, I done storylines yesterday and that was my first thing. I'm like, all right, you guys said it. Like all of you, like Roger said it in, in like the media after the game, he said it to McAfee, Matt LaFleur said it multiple times. Like, if you're gonna be about it, like do it. You know what I mean? Like put your fucking money where your mouth is. Like, don't check out of everything and give that guy the fucking ball. Because that was also the dirty little secret about the game, is like they could run on the Vikings. Like, and it's like they remembered it for a series and then just forgot. Like, they could run it on Z's side every time. Because little and then another fun fact about Zaria Smith is he can't stop the run and he just overcommits. And I expect the Eagles to abuse that on Monday. I'm very interested in that Eagles Vikings game. Like I, if I had to say like which non-Packer game am I most looking forward to, I'd probably say Vikings Vikings Eagles. Just from like a fascination to see how the Eagles do against Jefferson. Do they attack that side? Um, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts too um, against that pass rush. I don't know. I just think it's a really fun matchup. That is. That's the second Monday night game, right? Yeah, that's the 731 
Uh, other big games are Bills Titans, which I think that spreads out of control. Um, obviously, Chiefs Chargers tonight and Buccaneers Saints and Ravens Dolphins. So it's, it's, a good, it's a decent slate. Um, the three twenty-five games a bummer with being in it being Cowboys and Bengals, but a week ago that was fine. Now Prescott hurt. It's kind of a meaningless football game. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's 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 too bad. I, I guess I'm curious about the Eagles and Vikings too because. Like, is the Eagles' defense really that bad? Oh, yeah. Uh, like, that game could be – like, I, in a weird way, like, I think that could be, like, the – another again, like, 34-35. Like, I think everyone's expecting, like, Chiefs and Chargers to be this high-scoring affair, and I don't – I don't know if I see that. Like, I just – I think the de- both defenses are actually pretty good, and I, I think actually that could be a, a more of a slugfest than – People are giving it credit like a lot. I think the over under is fifty four. I just think that's too many points. Um, so we'll see. Hey, I I've been wrong about a football bet in my life before though. Yeah. So, but no, that sure. was that, that was awesome. Uh, okay, let's uh let's move to the basketball world. Uh, Greece unfortunately was eliminated. A little outlier game from the Germans. Uh, they hit a bunch of threes early on and. Greece tried to battle back, but Germany was just on fire. And Giannis ends his European vacation, if you will. I I think there's a lot to be excited about. But as our resident Bucks guy, while I I do like Bucks, but you know, you're that's your ride or die. Where are you at with it? Like, how do you how do you think Giannis looked? Like, are you more excited for the season? Any other takeaways that you might have from uh, Giannis's Greece vacation? No, I should say uh, vacation, Greece. Greece experience. Um, I, I mean, I'm I'm glad it's over. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just I don't know. Like I know he wanted to do it, but it's like, and all the Euro guys did. So I guess I can't can't hate on him. And I understand it. He's very. The Euro guys have pride in their countries. I mean, clearly there's you know a ton of interest to do it, and it's actually a pretty good competition. If I was able to watch it, I, I probably would have. Um, but I mean. I'm just glad it's over. He seems to be fine. He destroyed, you know, some lesser competition than he'll see. I mean, it's hard to not to not get any more excited than I am for the season. Um, it, it's it's a nice keep keep Giannis, uh, get him a sweat, you know, a nice couple of exhibition games. He didn't play a ton. He got ejected right in yeah. that game. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, and that, and then that loser for uh, Barstool Greeny was like, "This is what Giannis does all the time." But in America, he gets he gets like credit for it. I'm like, "Shut up, bitch!" Like, yeah. come on, like get yeah. on. Like the Celtics beat beat the box. Like you gotta get over it, man. Like we didn't. You guys didn't. You guys didn't lose to us. You beat us. Like you should. You should be able to. You know, feel like you're you're past Giannis a little bit. But and they yeah, know could. they. They know the boogeyman's still there. Like they know they wouldn't have won that if Chris Middleton was there. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that guy's a uh, somebody, something else. He, he's he's a Celtics fan. I'll say that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that I don't I don't get the Celtics fans with the honest stuff. They, I don't know. It is. I think you're projecting fear. There's a lot of, you know, they think he's dirty. They think he's you know sneaky dirty. That he does all that shit all the time and. He, he pushes people and, you know, like, you know, that he purposely hurt Kyrie's ankle yeah. the year before, you know, everything not, like that. Listen, not that I'm trying to get us on a tangent, but I think like Boston fans in general have short man syndrome. 
like even though they have multiple titles and maybe it's just it's just like Celtics fans and Red Sox fans but it's like they just think like the world's out to get them and it's like it's not like I promise you and maybe it like it, well and Patriots too I guess because like all the deflate gate shit and it's like I promise you that like it, you're no different than anybody else in this league and it's like this oh everybody's out to get us every hate us because they ain't us like shut the fuck up like it's not that deep yeah to me that's that's laker fans but um. oh yeah i mean we could we could do <laughs> we could do a hundred we that actually be an awesome like just do a bracket of like and we go football basketball uh, baseball fans of like people who think they have a chip on their shoulder that don't i mean we'd have to figure out the name that's a bit awful name for it but it's i think you could do an entire podcast on that um, well, the laker, just, laker fans just like ever since like the chris paul trade got vetoed or whatever like <laughs> they think that like the league's out to get them and it's like no the league wants nothing more than you for you to be good no everybody knows that. i mean yeah they're running fucking hulu documentaries on the lakers that are basically produced by genie bus like it's like it's Laker propaganda. Like they're just trying to get more Lakers fans, you know, in the mix. Like why would they be doing, you know, why would the league sign off on that? Ask yourself that question. I don't know. One of the things you brought up, like you're glad it's over and things like that. There was a, did you see the quotes from Giannis's national team coach after the game? Uh, No, where were they? Uh, This is uh, my guy Shafty pulled this. Regarding Giannis, and this is uh, Coach Ituis. I am probably butchered his last name. This is what he said after the game. Regarding Giannis and working with him, it's easy because he's highly motivated, a very humble person. His approach in general, in general in life and sports is exceptional. Then he follows up with that. He definitely needs to breathe now. See the things, go back healthy to the NBA, win titles over there, and come back whenever it's allowed and possible to help his national team. I too has concluded. So do you think that's him saying like, okay, like, cause the FIBA world cups next year, 2023, do you think that means like, we're going to, we'll wait till he's back for the world cup. Or do you think that means like, Hey, maybe Giannis is done playing for the national team for a few years. Can you read that again? I, I yeah. I, yeah. I can also send it to you. Um, cause sometimes I, I'll admit one of my flaws, not a good out loud reader. Um, it's just, no, I, I'm, I end up like it's just not a strong suit. Um, it's so I, I, I tried to pull it up real quick, but Shafty has like tweets like four <laughs> times an hour. So <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I know. I've tried to copy and paste it, and it's just a disaster over here. Uh, great, great radio. Um, okay, I will, I'm gonna send this. I'm gonna send this to you in chat, and then I'll I'll read it again while I send it. Okay. Um, I got it. All right. So basically, yeah, he was like. He basically says like he needs to breathe, see thing, see the things, get go back healthy to the NBA and win titles over there and come back whenever it's allowed or possible to help his national team. Well, so that's the part where I'm like, okay, what what does that exactly entail? Is that go ahead. Well, sure, the whenever it's allowed is kind of a kind of kind of stands out like yeah. as if like somebody is preventing him from doing it, you know? Um I don't know. I don't think he's done just because he's I'm guessing he'll want to play in the world cup. Right. And then maybe he's done. Yeah. I would think. Um, and I guess I'm all right with that. You know, we'll have to see what, how our season goes, but um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. It's allowed. That that I don't know. I don't know what that means. Right. And it's weird too because like a lot of the Bucks personnel was over there and like they now have like a working relationship with the Greek national team. Like it's it was kind of contentious for a little bit, but now it's like everybody's hand in hand. Like they're running stuff that's similar to what Budenholzer would run. Suki, I think, got hired by Greece. Like they have they have all the oh. all the training and tools over there. So that- that makes me feel a lot better, and I'm guessing that was part of it. Um, yeah, maybe to, that was, to let him play. Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe the they asked the Bucks, and the Bucks were like, "Here's what we need to have happen. Like, is this something you can commit to for every tournament?" And they might have said no, and they might have said, "Or like, we'll wait and see. We'll see what discretionary funds you know open up, right? Like, is if the money allows that we can do it." But yeah, I don't know. Um, it's very. Very curious um, and a very interesting kind of way well, forward there. And, and they, they really aren't very good. Um, no. Greece. No. And I mean, they were better than, was it 2019 watching them? Um, yeah. But also Giannis is so much better this, you know, now than he was in 2019. Um. Yeah. Well, yeah. He just yeah. has more. He just has more in his repertoire, right? Yeah. Like the fact he's, that he's, he's, a, he's a little stronger, probably yet. The fact that he's doing these fadeaways from the mid range and you know closing out games with three pointers, like that wasn't Giannis's game in 2019. It just true, wasn't. but it was. It was there. There was. I mean, <laughs> nothing redeeming about watching Greece in 2019. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it was. I felt bad for Giannis. It, it was a toilet. It was an awful offense. Like, it was it like was watching. Just, it was like watching Jason Kidd, but even worse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was like this weird Jason Kidd throwback and everything like that. And yeah, I would imagine that maybe yeah, FIBA's off the table. But if the World Cup, if they end up qualifying for the Olympics, like you know, I think that everyone would want to see Giannis in the Olympics. I think that, and not only would that be. Greece, but I think like NBC and you know the NBA and every, like if they're gonna still have NBA players doing doing the Olympics, they want Giannis there, they want Luca there, they want Jokic there if possible. But we'll we'll just have to see. And I agree, it's it's very season dependent, right? If the Bucks are able to win the title or get to the title game it's probably very unlikely that they're going to, they're going to, he's going to want to play. That's a ton of workload. I think that raises a ton of questions and who knows, maybe he wanted to play it. Had they, had they advanced far, we do, we'll never know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is if they go, you know, if they're playing into middle of June, we hope, um, I mean, then they turn around and I don't know, that might be too much, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, no, definitely. And, but I, I agree with you. I'm very excited for the season. I'm excited for the honest revenge season. I'm excited for this idea that, you know, there's not as much pressure, right? Um, there's still an expectation that you should be a title contender and you should be a top four team, but to not have that bullseye on your back every night for the opposition is very refreshing. And I think the bucks are going to succeed with it. And I, 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 my expectations are maybe a little high, but I, I don't think it's wrong to have high expectations with this squad. Yeah. I have, I have not, not, I'm thinking 60 wins, but that's probably a little high. Yeah. No, nah, there's <laughs> nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with that, man. Like you got, like I said, you gotta no, have, they won't win that many games. Nah, probably not. Know. 
Yeah, yeah. It's you know, you never you never know. So we'll uh have to see what happens. Uh but we'll be we'll start talking more and more about it as we get closer. Uh, seasons seasons what, like five weeks away? Yep, something like that. And yeah. unfortunately for the league, they're probably gonna have that Sarver thing just hanging over their head until something else happens, especially now with LeBron pretty much calling out Adam Silver. Um that not great. That's not gonna things not going away. Well, yeah, I mean the what was it, a one year suspension or something? Yeah, and ten, $10, million. ten million dollar fine. Right. I mean that's quite a bit, but it seems a little I don't know. Um, you know, Donald Sterling got a lifetime ban. Granted, Donald Sterling had, well, I don't know. Robert Sarver has quite a quite a resume as well, too, if you if you read read into it a little bit. Oh yeah, of, it's pretty it's pretty bad. Misogyny and racism and stuff like that. So like um you know, it, it is a little bit NFL y where where the, oh, the punishment yeah. is is a little odd. Um, well but well, maybe well, it's because we don't have audio, we don't have video. I yes, hundred percent. That, that that could be part of it. Hundred percent, and also maybe it's because it's in Phoenix and not LA, right? I mean, Phoenix is a major market. It's a huge market. It's top ten from a nap. But like, does Phoenix really drive asses in the seats? Where it's like to have like a new owner in LA, or if like let's just say this happens to James Dolan in New York, like you you get those guys out because that the opportunity there is just grand like it's just grand like you know that you can then all of a sudden it's you're adding that la new york or chicago if this happened like you just don't allow that shit because of the places they're in and while phoenix is a large populated market i don't know how many like you know what I, you kind of get what i'm, I'm right. kind of leaning towards like yeah, yeah it's not how how relevant are the suns is basically yes, what, thank you. what you're, thank what you're you. getting to. exactly and exactly. it's like phoenix has a large population but what percentage of that is transplants or, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, probably most of it. Yeah. And, and let's be real. It, they're, they're fair weather fans. Like I, I hate to say that, but, and they've now built a culture there fan wise, but the songs were really good for a long time. And then I mean, maybe not fair weather. That's actually unfair. I will, I will walk that back because they've, they've had a lot of success. Um, and they, and I'm sure most people are, Suns fans first versus if you had to be like ranking the three Arizona play like Cardinals probably last no second and then Diamondbacks probably last just because Diamondbacks have been so bad uh for the last what four or five years I don't even know so basically like I swear baseball teams just stay bad forever like I you just you're like when's the last time the Diamondbacks are relevant I mean the Mariners who are probably gonna make the playoffs um this will be their first time in 17 years which is fucking wild and it's yeah. just, it's like a, someone who was like 20 has never seen the, a Seattle resident that's 20 has never seen the Mariners in the postseason. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Arizona. I don't know. I mean, Phoenix <sighs> Suns probably are number one there. Yeah. Um, just because they've been around the longest. Yes. Um, I don't know though. Like NFL's king, man. Yeah, that's true. But, and they've been there for, 34 years yeah 1988 they moved there yeah um so but i feel like a lot of people there are either raiders fans or niners fans or any other west coast team right um so and but, our cowboys yeah. too i mean like that cowboys, was yeah, you know and, and 
And it, and what's weird about that is like the Bidwells were a disaster of NFL owners. They still own the team, but they were like a complete wreck for so long. And then they kind of just figured it out. Now, I mean, the Kyler stuff's weird. The Cliff stuff's weird. Like I wouldn't say it's run well today, but they've had success. They've made a Super Bowl. Like you can't take that away from them that they've, they've been a little bit more of a machine. I wouldn't say a well-oiled machine, but just a machine. Like they've, they've been, you know, they made the playoffs last year. You can't take that away from them. So even if it was a disaster. I mean, Arizona, yeah, you're right. Growing up, they were, it was like them and the Bengals were probably the two worst teams. Yeah. Every year we're we're dog shit. And then, yeah, in the mid two thousands, the Cardinals kind of, they've probably been one of the more successful. I mean, they're probably middle of the pack since 2000. Eight two thousand seven, yeah. um, but I don't know. And then, like, I think the Coyotes are probably completely. Oh, I, for- I completely forgot about the Coyotes. <laughs> and oh, man. like the uh, Diamondbacks, I think are pretty popular, but they don't. I mean, they've only been around since nineteen nineteen ninety eight. Right, right. They have a they have a very exciting like young roster. Like, I would not be surprised if like Diamondbacks are a playoff team or a contender. For a playoff team, but a lot of Arizona talk. That was probably more Arizona talk than you'll hear on most Wisconsin. They haven't been to the playoffs, by the way, since 2017. Uh, that was the last time the Diamondbacks were there. So they've, uh, they, it's been a while. Uh, let's just put it that way. For, what about San Diego? Uh, San Diego, it's, it's been a while. Uh, San Diego. It's probably been more recently than you think, though. I think it is. I think it's. I think it's like twenty twenty. It's the Mickey. It's the Mickey Mouse COVID oh, year. So yeah, if we're taking away, so I, I, I hate. I hate the COVID year. Um, it's like such a stain. It makes like talking about baseball like history so hard because it's like that twenty twenty just sticks out like a ro- uh, sore thumb. But before that COVID year, yeah, two two thousand six. Who knows if the pressure will get to the Padres? They lost today to the. Mariners and of course our beloved Brewers uh, switching gears are losing. Now they do get they do have a runner on as we tape it's three one in the sixth, but they have had eight goddamn hits against Adam Wainwright who's out of the game now, and they only produced one run. Um, I I've probably seen this Cardinals Brewers game I don't know hundred times maybe in my lifetime, but uh, I I'll ask you this uh, I said this on uh, Instagram and TikTok uh, tapping the keg sports on both. Am I like, or do you like care if Albert Pujols hits 700 home runs or would you just rather just pretend it's not a thing? Uh, wow. I like as a baseball fan, I think it's kind of cool um, to see stuff like that. And, but I am getting kind of sick of hearing about it. I like, I mean, here's the thing. If it was anybody else, it was any other team. I right. wouldn't give it. I I would be all into it. I'd be like, oh, this is awesome. But it's the Cardinals. It's a guy who fucking tormented me forever. And I never thought I had to deal with him again. I thought I was that was over. Like, I thought it was it. And now he's back in my life. He's still fucking hitting home runs. Like, I don't know. I just don't like the guy. I'm sorry. He's a nice, he's by all accounts a really good guy. That's weird divorce stuff. I don't know if you've read into that. But like, he, he treats fans well. He had the guy who who told, uh, like, there's Pittsburgh fans who were ready to give him his 697 ball. He's like, I have enough balls. Went back, signed – I think he signed, like, two balls. And I think he – I don't know. I think he signed a bat. But, like, that's, like, good guy shit. Like, he's a, he's definitely a, 
a guy like uh, Titus and Tate always do good guy, bad guy, or bad guy. And like, he's definitely a good guy. Like everybody tells you how good of a guy Alan Pujols is, even if he might not be a little rough around the edges at times. Yeah. I mean, he, I, I've listened to some interviews with him this year and he, he seems pretty aware of what he's, you know, heading toward, but also like kind of, you know, at least to the cameras doesn't, doesn't really seem to give a shit. So it's kind of refreshing, I guess, but um, you're right. I mean, if it was anyone besides the Cardinals uh, and for that matter, Aaron judge too, anyone besides the Yankees going for, you know, single season home run record. And then we're going to, he's going to hit 62 and it's going to be a referendum on, on steroids and all that. And that's oh, yeah. gonna be so annoying. And I kind of don't want it to happen, but it's, it's probably going to happen. Well, I actually love the fact that Judge was like, yeah, um, I am I am not like 73 is the record. Like there's no that's what I grew up watching. Like that is the record. I know the Maris family kind of had an all time loser comment saying like, oh, if he gets 62, like that's the new record. Like, fuck off, dude. Like, just be happy that he broke the Yankees record and and leave it at that. Like, like he's an Adonis. It's glad he's doing it. It's going to be fun to watch him this weekend against the Brewers. If he gets it against the Brewers, I think it's, you know, more than enough reason to go out to the ballpark, even if you you have to deal with the Goombas that are Yankees fans, because there'll be, there'll probably be a lot of Yankees fans um, at American Family Field, probably Chicago residents coming up. Um, we see that a lot with like the Dodgers, the Giants, Cardinals too. Um, but, you know, hopefully the Brewers can do all right against them. The Yankees have played better. Uh, they're up on the on the Red Sox tonight, and, but they've struggled on the road. Brewers have been really good in interleague this year for some reason. Uh, I think, obviously, you kind of have to get one of the games Friday or Saturday with Garrett Cole going on Sunday against Jason Alexander, which is probably – I think that that probably will be like a 400 money line for Garrett Cole, which is absurd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's a schedule loss. Yeah, that. that <laughs> yeah, that's one. Like they're like, ah, football's on. Nobody's gonna be fucking watching anyway. It's like we'll just we'll just roll out Jason Alexander. And yeah, Cole's unfortunately been very good re- recently. He struggled a little bit against the Red Sox, but he weirdly always struggles against the Red Sox. Um, he can't really seem to figure that figure that one out. But it should be fun. It, regardless, it's fun. And and now and then you have the Mets after and you're actually probably getting the Mets at the right time. Like the Mets are going to get swept by the Cubs and you're, yeah, you're going to get the Mets at a probably the best time that you've got them. Cause they're, they're a little bit kind of regressing a bit to the mean. Like I still think the Mets are a very good baseball team, but this is, this is probably the best time you can be playing the Mets. So we'll see, we'll see how it works out in the Brewers favor. I mean, even if you get a split against the Cardinals, I know it sucks because you're two, you're st- you could have got a game on the Padres today. Like that's still fine it's in St. Louis. Like, I don't know if you can expect a sweep. It's frustrating how it's happening. And they're, you know, on the verge of leaving another fucking run around base, but it's, you know, that's kind of it. That's kind of been the story of her season. Anytime there's a little bit of momentum, it just gets slapped down right, right in your face. Well, that's why I said to you guys in text last night after the pretty big eight to four win, it was like, well, you know, they're, they about once a week they have a just to find, a, find an awful way to lose and <laughs> i don't know it, whether it's the bullpen completely shitting their pants or you know what was the cubs game they had the 
Cubs had two hits but four runs or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, I was there for that. That was fun. Yeah. Yep, Ian yeah. Happ. That was good times. Uh, so, lot, lot of fun. Yeah, you're right. It, it just always seems to kind. Of, that's been story, the story of the season, and I think some of it comes down to focus. I, I really do believe that. That there's something, and I, I have no idea. I, I don't want to speculate. I have no idea at this point, but it's like why can't they stay, why can't they stay on task? Like, why can't they just put their heads down and win eight or nine games? Are they just not that good? Which could be the case. And that's, and that's okay. Um, that sucks. But I mean, at least you got something for Hater at maybe I think his peak, but we'll, we'll have to see. Did you, um, another, uh, so I did see from Ryan RB top, uh, who is a, I think he does a podcast at this point about the Brewers, as everybody has podcasts, including us, I uh, had this thing about, you know, Corbin Burns upset that he hasn't got brought up with the contract. Drove me the wrong way. I was like, I mean, how many fucking more guys can bitch this year? And, and already uh, top said that. It's like, I was thinking about it. And he's like, if you could extend Woodruff for a reasonable amount, I think there's a very good argument that this winter is the time to get a haul for Burns and set up for 24 to 28 thoughts on that well i mean if you can keep woodruff i guess that's that's fine i I don't know i I tend to think burns is better um but that also means you're gonna get more for him um i well i hate saying it but it's like if you're gonna trade one of them might as well trade both of them Ooh. Interesting. That's, that is quite the zag. I mean, the thing is, is Burns does have one more year of control. He has two more years of control. Right. An extra year of ARB over over, uh, Woodruff. So the art, the argument could be made that you could, with all the money coming off the books, uh, my friend, our friend, Eric, you know, put pointed this out, like all the money coming off the books, Hater, Wong, Kane, McCutcheon, you have some flexibility to extend Woodruff and also add some hitters for like one more run at it. But we've seen like the one more run, like the last really depressing Brewer season was 2014 where they made like one more run and then they're like, fuck this work. Well, I didn't really realize that until the end of the year because they collapsed, but they should have realized it earlier to say like, this was a sinking ship and they, I guess could get out on burns in July if like they're a 500 baseball team. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Um, I mean, that's the thing about baseball is you can always – I feel like it's not that hard to stay competitive. No. But we, we just talked about how baseball teams t- tend to stay in the fucking sewers for a long time. Yeah, and and that's the thing is, like, if you don't – like, I think that's what people are like, oh, blow it up, blow it up, blow it up. And it's like, man, be careful. Like, it's, it's the same like we talked about last week about ownership changes. It's like – just be careful what you wish for. Like you never know. And I think what's made baseball a little more difficult is that you have big markets with unlimited budgets that want to fucking spend them. I don't, I, I really, I'd have to like look back at like, you know, 2015, 2016, but I don't feel like that was always the case. And now it's, it's kind of the norm and it's it makes it difficult. Well, yeah, you have, well, the Cubs, the Cubs don't spend. Unless, but what if they get Xander Bogarts this offseason? You know, and what if they, what if they're like, we don't want to do rebuild? We, you know, I don't know. Do it. I dare you. 
<laughs> what are you going to do? Give, give him an eight-year deal? Yeah, probably. I mean, I could see the Cubs going out and spending money this this offseason. There's, a, I mean, Correa has an opt-out in his deal where if he wanted to opt out of the Twins deal, he can, I believe. He, he signed for three for 106. Yeah, yeah, it's um, basically a one-year deal, though. Yeah, exactly. And you have Arenado, who has a player option. He can get out of that. Trey Turner. Um you have Judge, obviously. DeGrom, I think, also has an option. Like, it could be a extremely strong free agency where a team like the Cubs, who is a big market and still draws on a Friday, even though their team's trash, that's like, fuck it. We have so many guys out here. Let's just spend money. Like, what? let's just wet the beak a little bit here. But I know that ownership group has been a little bit resistant to, to that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, La- well the, Cubs, yeah. the Cubs the Cubs blew it up and they're in a big market, a very popular public team. Uh I don't know. Yeah. Just no, saying well, it's it's been done before. No, yeah. No, absolutely. You're you're right. And and it's just yeah, I, I'm not against it if it makes sense. And if it's I like I said, I th- I think we talked about it when like they were going through all the shit. Like you can easily market or we talking about attendance. Like you can easily market like the next generation of the brewers. Like this is the new generation. This is the brew generation or something like that. I don't know. The new brew. Um, like you have you can do some cheesy tagline, talk about Mitchell, free lick. If Trio can come up, I mean, Trio and double A now, I know it's probably just the SMF bats, but I mean, there's maybe an outside chance you see him end of, you know, July, August of next year, more likely 2024, but you never know. That if he just was ready, he's ready. Like I don't think you can, you can't like pull that guy back. And and I don't want to go too far with Chirio, but like, I mean, there is a potential that this is kind of like the Giannis of the of the Brewers in the sense of like MVP level shit. I'll just say it. I'll just say it. I, I know. I look. I understand baseball is a weird sport, but the only couple guys that played Double A at the years of Chirio are Tatis. And Bryce Harper. It's pretty fucking good. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay, first of all, I did say a few a few weeks ago on a podcast that the kid's going to have to be if the Brewers expect to be legitimate contenders uh, at any point in the next five years. Um, but I, I guess he does. I, I don't know. It's like, again, I've, I've tried to tell you to just fucking relax. <laughs> like, uh, uh, look. I, I said I said very carefully. I, I did that as carefully as I fucking could. I I did I was very like with soft words. I I did not Rogers you there. I didn't make a declaration. I just said, hey, there is a there is a chance that this is the best case scenario. What's the worst case scenario? I don't know. He's a slap hitter like Yelch. Um you know, like I don't know. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, we'll, we'll have to see, we'll have to see what happens. It's a long, long way. Um, definitely, definitely, hopefully the Brewers can pull this out. Doesn't look likely, but you never know. Baseball, baseball is a weird sport. I thought I had like one, one more thing for you, um, before I wrote out, but I don't know. I, I don't, um, I'm sure we'll, for our Badger fans out there, we'll talk Badgers next week with them playing Ohio state. Um, but no need to talk about them against New Mexico state this week. Especially yeah. with the season over now that they lost to Washington State. <laughs> well, as I as I noted on Tuesday's pod, like 
change. You got to change. Like it's pretty clear that smash mouth football doesn't work anymore. Iowa struggling, Stanford struggling, Wisconsin struggling. Like at some point it's you, like, it's not, it's not the, it's not the players. It's not NIL. It's fucking you, man. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to, we'll have to monitor what happens. But that should wrap us up for today's show. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Back tomorrow, uh, we're talking gambling for the Badgers and Packers. Should do there. Um, we'll kind of run through the weekend's worth of games uh, as well. Uh, fun, fun little Friday stuff. And then Mitch and I will be back in the saddle next Wednesday. Um, I don't think moving should in- impact my schedule, but if it does... I'll make sure to put it on Twitter and Instagram so you guys know. Um, Because I know there's loyal listeners. I know there's everyday people. So if if I'm missing a day, I want to make sure you guys have have proper notice. But uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. All right. Take care, guys. Have yourself a good Thursday. And we'll be back tomorrow. See you. Bye.